say, Pastor, do you know what time it is? I know what time it is. I got a clock on the back wall. I know exactly what time it is, all right? I'm going to get you out of here at about the same time that we always do. Don't worry about it. And if we go long, you know who to blame. David. (laughs) I got a little competition here today. Was that awesome or was that awesome? Listen, he almost preached my message, all right? So I almost had to cut him off just because he was going to preach my message today, all right? The title of today's message is, It's Okay to Dream Again. It's okay to dream again. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 8 says this, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by that he would turn in there to eat some food. Huh? Mama didn't raise no dummy. How many know preachers know where to find the food? Uh, we just know. We just have this way of finding food. But I want you to notice that the Bible says that this was a notable woman. Another translation says this. She was a wealthy woman. This was a woman of substance. Now, she was not single. She was not widowed. She had a husband. So her and her husband, they were wealthy. They had some money. Isn't it interesting that the Bible never demonizes those who have money? Right? It never demonizes those who have money. It chastises those who are greedy. Yeah, but it doesn't demonize those who have worked, huh? who enjoy the fruit of their labor. The Bible never demonizes the people who have money. The world does that. The world tells you that, oh, now, you know, look at them and all this stuff, and it tries to pit the haves against the have-nots, but, but God never does that. So here's a couple that have some substance. They have some money, right? And so Elisha could smell that food about a mile off. So he comes in, and he would go in and enjoy a meal. Now watch what happened. It says this. And verse number 9 of 2 Kings chapter number 8, it says, And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please, let us make a small upper room on the wall, and let us put a bed for him there, and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. She simply says to her husband, Look, we have the money. Let's just make an apartment for him. He likes to come by. He likes to eat the food. Now let's just give him a meal. Let's also give him a place to stay. Let's just make it comfortable for him. Right? So the husband agrees. So they make this apartment attached to the house. So Elisha would come by. He wouldn't just catch a meal. He'd also be able to get some rest. That's exactly what happened. And Elisha appreciated it. Right? Verse number 10, verse number 11, it says, And it happened one day that he came there. And he turned into the upper room, and he laid down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him, right? She stood before him. And he said to him, right, he says, Elisha is saying to his servant, say now to her, look, you've been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander? of the army, right? In other words, Elisha's wanting to express his appreciation for all that her and her husband have done, specifically her, right? Said, I want to express some appreciation. So he says to his servant, I want you to go. I want you to call her. Now, Elisha's in the apartment, right? He's in that little chamber that she'd built. And so she comes just to the outside, 
And Gehazi goes out and said, Elisha wants to know, is there anything he can do for you? Huh? What can I do for you? Listen, I believe this morning God is saying that to you. What do you want? Did you catch that? What do you want? What do you really want? And Elisha even throws out a few suggestions. Hey, I could speak to the king on your behalf. I I could speak to the commander of an army. If you need favor, if there's something going on with business, if there's something going on with your property where you need favor, you need someone to kind of look down on you and smile on you a little bit. I have friends in high places, and I could show you some kindness in return, right? And she says this. Now watch this. This is her reply. And so he calls her, and she said to him, listen, I dwell among my own people. Isn't that interesting? One translation says it like this. My family takes good care of me. Now watch this. Here's what she's saying. I'm okay. I'm okay, right? Her and her husband have some money. The bills are paid. Everything is okay right? And listen, some of you have walked in here this morning, and and you're kind of feeling that same way. You're saying, well, you know, pastor, I walked in here today, and, you know, everything's kind of okay, and, and, uh, you know, I I got some bills paid, and and it seems like business is going okay, and it seems like we're past all of the chaos of, of the last year, year and a half of our life, and everything's just okay, right? And so you're just kind of sitting here just going, well, as long as I could pay the bills, as long as I could take a vacation, every now and then, as long as there's not chaos, as long as, as there's not craziness, then, then I'm just going to just live my little life, and I'm just going to kind of go through the motions, and I'm just going to be okay, right? But Elisha wasn't satisfied with that. And so here's what he says to Gehazi. You have to read between the lines a little bit, because he says to Gehazi, listen, I want you to dig a little deeper, I want you to dig a little deeper because there's got to be something that's deep down on the inside of her. There has to be a want that we haven't yet seen. So watch this. He says to Gehazi, right? And he says to him, okay, she said, I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay. The bills are paid. I'm fine. I, I don't have any great need. And listen, so he says to her, what then Right? She says to his servant, what then is to be done for her? Verse 14, and Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. Hmm? She has no son, and her husband is old. There is a need. There is a need. There's something deep. If you dig a little deeper, if you dig a little deeper, Gehazi did some investigate. She's got no son, and her husband's old. Right? And Elisha says to her, listen, call her. And when he called her, she stood in the doorway, and he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Hmm, hallelujah. If you dig a little deeper, if some of you walked into this place, and, and you lift up your hands in worship, and that's okay, and, and, and you're, you're involved, and you're giving, and you're serving, and all that stuff, and it seems like on the surface, right, people ask, how you doing? Uh, I'm okay. 
But if you dig a little deeper, there's something deep down on the inside of you that you have buried, you haven't unearthed it for years. There's a dream, there's some hopes, there's something inside of you that you've put down uh, underneath the ground, that you've put it on a shelf, that you haven't visited in a very long time. And the Holy Spirit this morning, listen, wants to grab a little poker out and kind of stir up the coals a little bit and reignite some of the passion in your life, that there's a dream that's inside of you that God wants to unearth today, and he wants to tell you this, it's okay to dream again. Hallelujah. It is okay to dream again. So Elisha says to her, about this time, huh? next year, you're going to have a son. See, she'd given up on that dream, right? She'd given up on that dream. The Bible says that her husband is old now, right? And so time has passed away. And maybe there was a time when that dream had come to pass, or she was hoping for that dream to come to pass. Maybe there was a time they first got married and she thought, okay, through the natural course of life, I'm going to embrace children. But she thought to herself, well, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe it's just not in the cards. Maybe it's just not going to happen. In fact, when he told her this, watch her response. Here's her response. In verse 13, at the very end, it says, and she answered, actually, verse 15, I should say this, 16, it says, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maid servant. In other words, here's what she's saying to Elisha. Don't even go there. Don't even go there. That, that's a place that I haven't visited in a very long time. That's a, that's a wound. That's a hurt. That's a dream that, that has been put to rest. I've buried it. I've not visited it. It's, it's over. It's gone. It's not for me. And don't even go there. Don't even go there. See, here's what God wants to stir up inside of you today. He wants to tell you it's okay. It's okay to revisit it. It's okay to go there. It's okay to believe again. It's okay to pray again. It's okay to declare again. It's okay to step out in faith again. It's okay to say, hey, you know what? That dream that I buried five years ago or 10 years ago or even one year ago, the thing that I thought was never, never going to happen, the thing that I thought wasn't in the cards for me, it is okay to dream again. Listen, she said, hey, hey, listen, man of God, don't go there. And the man of God said, I'm going. I'm going there. I'm going there. Why? Because God wants me to go there. He wants me to tell you this. It is okay to dream again. To dream again, right? In the first service this morning, we had two different youth testify. And I said, is this okay if I share this story? Because it was Sean and Beth Williams, been attending this church for many, many years, and they gave their testimony years ago from this platform that they had been hoping for kids. But it was miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. In fact, it was seven miscarriages. And when you go through that kind of pain and trauma and hurt, it's easy to give up. It's easy to give up. But Sean stood here and said God spoke to him that they were going to have a house filled with children. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so do you know what they did? Huh? They built a five-bedroom house. 
when they had no kids. No kids. People thought they were crazy. People asking Sean, said, what are you doing? It's just you and Beth. Why, why are you building a five-bedroom house? He said, because I just, I have a belief. I have a dream that God is going to fill the house with children. Come on now. Listen, it's something, I've been telling you this for weeks, it's something money can't buy. Do you hear this Shunammite woman? She had money. She could write a check, but she was hoping and believing and dreaming for the day when she'd be able to hold something that money couldn't buy. Sean and Beth were dreaming and believing and hoping for something that money couldn't buy. And today, listen to me, they have four kids. They filled up a a five-bedroom house. How? God did it. God resurrected a dream. Listen, don't tell me it's okay to just let deems die. You have to believe that it's okay to dream again. Hallelujah. It's okay to dream again. This past week when, when one of their kids was at camp, right, he testified. He said, do you know that I was sitting there at camp 500 kids and, and, and the whole 500 kids and the speaker is just standing there and he said, the speaker stands up and says, you know what? Is there, is there a a young man here named Jacob, one Jacob out of 500 kids. He stood up, said, come on down, son. Today's your day. Hallelujah. Listen, that's why you dream for moments like that. Listen, God puts those dreams inside of you. Psalms 37, verse 3 and 4 says this. It says, trust in the Lord. Watch this. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Huh? Listen, put your faith in God, put your confidence in God, and do good. Do the right thing. Break off those old habits. Break off those old relationships. Break off those things that are going to kill the dream. Break off people that will kill the dream. Come on now. Because there's dream killers walking around, and the devil will make sure you meet one. Huh? And it'll be those ones that want to drag you back into old habits and old ways of living, old ways of thinking. you got to break them off of your life. Come on now. Trust in the Lord. Do good, right? Watch this. And then you'll see this. You'll see that God will come through for you, and you'll be able to feed on his faithfulness. Amen? You keep in the same place. It says dwell in the land. In other words, be in the right place at the right time. Stay planted. Feed on his faithfulness. And then watch this. Verse 4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That word delight doesn't mean to be happy. It actually means this, to be moldable and pliable. It means put yourself on the potter's wheel. Let God work out some of the imperfections. Let God work out some of the impurities. Let God shape you. Let God form you. Let God transform your way of thinking, your way of living. huh? And when you do that, here's what he does. He will give you the desires of your heart. Huh? That doesn't mean he gives you anything he wants. It says it exactly how he means it. He will deposit in you desires. Did you hear me now? He will deposit in you desires. You say, well, pastor, does that mean he gives you desires? Or does that mean he causes those desires to come to pass? Yes. Both. 
Come on now. God deposits them, and then he makes a withdrawal. Come on, somebody. Amen. He puts them in you. He gives you the dream, and then guess what? He causes a dream to come to pass. He doesn't deposit dreams inside of you just so you can dream. Oh, look at that guy dreaming. God puts dreams inside of you so that he can pull them out of you. Come on, somebody. So that he can say, listen, I put it in there, and now I'm going to make a withdrawal. I'm going to pull it back out at the exact right time, God will cause the dream to come to pass exactly when he wants it to come to pass. Listen, he'll resurrect anything that the devil has tried to kill, that you have buried, that you put on the shelf, that you've never visited. In 10 years, God will cause it all to come to pass at the exact right time. It's okay to dream again. Somebody say hallelujah. It's okay to dream again. It's okay to dream again. Hallelujah. Unearth it. Get the shovel out. Come on now, begin to say, you know what? Come on, Martha. Come on, Betsy. Come on, somebody. Let's dream again. Let's revisit that. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Amen. See, time sometimes will tick away. And it will say, oh, you've passed your prime now. That dream's gone. You better, you better start thinking about some smaller little thing that might come to pass. Huh? Huh? Favor from a king? That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Speaking to the commander of the army? Hey, there's nothing wrong with that either. But what she really wanted, <laughs> what she really wanted was something to hold. Huh? What she really wanted was a son that was deep down inside of her. See, and the man of God pulled it out through the Holy Spirit. And guess what? It says this in verse number 17. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the what? Appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. Not when you want it to happen. Come on now. Back then they didn't schedule it around a doctor's vacation or tea time. Back then, babies came when babies came. Huh? At the appointed time. Listen, we don't have to make it happen. We don't have to force it to happen. We can just wait for God to unearth the dream that he put on the inside of us. I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come. Huh? You say, Pastor, you're done already? I told you. I'm a professional. I told you I was going to finish when I said I was going to finish.